Back in high school, there came a point when I half-heartedly referred to myself as the coolest kid in the county. I said it in jest, I guess, but in my heart of hearts, I knew it wasn't true. As I got further along in college, though, there came a day when I was the coolest kid in school, and it went down starting on July 1st when I moved into a new place and cleaned it from top to bottom. Well, this was a Saturday. I woke up Sunday morning, and I thought I was blind in one eye. I guess I had just cleaned too much, stirred up some dust, and it settled in my eye. Well, there were no eye doctors open that day. The pain was so bad I really couldn't see that I did start shopping for eye patches. Anyways, I wanted to get in the next day on a Monday to see an eye doctor, but they were all closed because July 4th was on Tuesday. So they had gotten out of town early, I guess. And I got my eye on you, ophthalmologist. I know how you roll. Anyways, I did have class that Monday. It was the first day, the last summer semester of my community college career, and I had a psychology class to go to. Well, I got there real early, wearing my sunglasses, because gosh, any bit of light hurt. I wore them inside to talk to the teacher. I told the psychology professor everything that was going down, and she said, no problem. Hey, thank you for coming to class. Feel free to keep your sunglasses on. So that's exactly what I did when I strolled into class wearing my shades, and everybody looked an extra pause as they waited for me to take those sunglasses off. And when I didn't, well, pff, the class needed answers. That's just the way human psychology is. It took the rest of the week for my eyes to get back to normal, though the following day after July 4th, that would be a Wednesday, I had class again. So there I was wearing my shades for a second day. And then I went to the eye doctor where he told me that I had a rusty metal object lodged in my eye. He grabbed out a huge pair of tweezers and took a good five stabs at it before he got it out. Told me that I was a real man's man, and I appreciate it. It wasn't but 18 months, maybe two years later, that I started wearing glasses every day, and I think they make me look a little older and more dignified. Today, hey, let's talk about car chases, horse races, and a special performance of the national anthem as we discuss the psychology of joshing around. Spring is in the air, flowers are in bloom, and butterflies are in flight. I didn't think there was ever anyone who could hate a butterfly until I became a gardener. Overnight, my entire tomato crop has been decimated by some very hungry caterpillars indeed, which is why, at least at the moment, I might not be so down on Monsanto. You know, the big agribusiness giant, makers of Roundup and other pesticides such as DDT. They really didn't seem to be that bad in the beginning. I'm not going to go through their history, but it's really one of those of who owns what. Almost every processed food you can think of, and you know what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger or sicker and in need of wellness, which is maybe why Monsanto has recently been bought and sold by some pharmaceutical giants from Pfizer to now Bayer, but that's a story for another time. Well, as a people, we're not quite at the modifications on a genetic level yet. Who among us hasn't tried to modify our appearance just a bit? Well, maybe there's special groups like Greek Orthodox or Hasidic Jews, but nonetheless, I would refer to those folks as the true purities, right? And they're everywhere, and I'm proud of them. Much like a seed bank, which can be found around the globe for crackpots that listen to Coast to Coast and governments that are maintaining the historical seedlings that we hold so dear. You know, some cereals, legumes, and grains mankind just doesn't consume anymore, but who's to say that's not the one that will work best on Mars or the moon? So I'm glad we can bank on these seeds. And with that said, I hope Monsanto, Pfizer, and Bear 
keeps it up because we're going to need their help once we do blast off Spaceship Earth. The Kentucky Derby is this Saturday, and I trust at the finish line they will justify audible promises fulfilled. That's just good magic if you're looking for the super. Yeah, read between the lines. There's my pick. I'm not a sharp yet, but I don't want to influence the lines, right? So whether I'm dropping heavy or light, I hope to hit the window on the backside. But the fact that we're still racing horses in this day and age seems a little strange. I'm talking about rockets to the moon and Mars. Can't we start racing these things already? I've seen Star Wars The Phantom Menace. I know what we can do in the future. Or is that the past? I get so confused on that. Nonetheless, even if we're just shooting them up diagonally to see where they fall somewhere in the Atlantic or the Pacific, this would be a lot more exciting than drone races, right? Even though that's pretty awesome. Some of our boldest and brightest rockets are racing towards graduation. I know it's that time of year because I'm seeing more and more stuffed animals with caps and gowns around town. When I graduated from the University of Florida, I got a diploma that was signed by the governor of the state because UF is a public university, and it was also signed by the president. I don't remember his name, but it wasn't the current president, Kent Fux. And that means that when I got my diploma, there were no Fux signatures given. When it comes to giving no fucks, I went to school with a guy who epitomizes the phrase. His name was Ted, and I feel like I may have told this story before, but in the spirit of Ted, I'll risk telling it again. He was a bartender at a popular spot in Uptown Gainesville, and I guess one night, man, he was just tipping him back at his shift, and afterwards, man, he stopped at another bar not too far from where he worked, and he threw back some more until he was driving behind the campus on one of those slow college roads, and just getting way too drunk, so drunk, in fact, that he wanted to pick up the bottle of tequila from the floor and just finish it off, and that's when he took a hard turn, bam, right into the sitting president's house, put his car hard into the side of it, at the time didn't know what else to do but grab his bag and just run, but he didn't run far, just right across University Boulevard to the Purple Porpoise, where he called up some buddies, and they proceeded to keep on drinking until they went to go get in Ted's car and they couldn't find it anywhere. They thought they parked right out back. It must have been stolen. So they called the police and told him just that. The police filed the report and started looking for the house. They woke Ted and his buddies up from their drunken stupor later that morning when they let him know they found the car slammed into the side of the university president's house. Oh my gosh, Ted said. He went over there, never really realizing what had happened until about the time the insurance check came for his car being totaled. That's Ted for you. Something about the guy caused me and others in the college to do work for him. I remember when I graduated, I looked at a couple people and I thought out loud, man, I never thought I'd graduate. And then I turned right to Ted and said to him, but I certainly didn't think you would. Here's to you, Ted. I know you're doing well. I've never seen that movie, Ted, about the raunchy stuffed animal bear, but from what I know, it could be about the guy I went to college with. A movie I have seen, though, is The Chase, starring Charlie Sheen. This came out in 1994, 
and it was about an escaped convict who ends up kidnapping a woman who in some form of Stockholm Syndrome falls for him. The whole time they're in the car running from the police, they end up having sex in the car. It's crazy how they did it and didn't wreck. I don't know. That's movie magic. Henry Rollins is in the movie because he's always in a lot of car chase movies for some reason. I love a good car chase. There was one that happened in my town just the other day. Somebody hijacked a 2017 Jaguar SUV down in Palm Beach County, which is a ways away. They had to fill up gas and everything. But when they got here, our sheriff shut them down with a good old pit stop maneuver that ripped off some bumpers. Man, it was crazy. I've tried to chase after a car chase before, which I don't recommend. But whoo-wee, nothing gets the adrenaline pumping like a car chase or Charlie Sheen for that matter. Tiger blood. That's what I'm missing in my life. Not that tiger blood feeling, but the feeling of watching Charlie Sheen get that feeling. You know, why am I not getting more of this? With enough celebrities as we have in the culture, there's a famous person dying literally every day. I'm sure they're having breakdowns at the same rate. Let's make this more public. Twitter's done a great job. So is Instagram. I credit you, E, and hey, National Enquirer, you paved the way, but I just want more. When Charlie Sheen lost it, he had a nationwide stage show. Let's see more of that with people having their own breakdown hashtags. Celebrities, come on. You really got to step up your game these days just to be heard. As a nation, we've come a long way when it comes to accepting mental illness as a real disease. And we've also become more open to the language people use as long as it doesn't infringe on the rights of others. You know, people drop the F-bomb in front of children these days. It really takes using the C word to get a rise out of people. I know I talked about language a little yesterday, and I also did an impression that was a little behind the times, though it was spot on of the gentleman I was referring to some impressions of people in the way they talk, well, they can be interpreted as being downright mean. And that's why I should just stick to celebrities and not people you don't know. So here's one. It's the great Sir Sean Connery, but the only way I can get into the impression for some reason is by singing the national anthem. So each time I want to perform Sir Sean Connery, I have to say, O'Shea does that star-spangled banner still wave. Now, that impression might be too old for some, but that's fine by me. You know, I like getting older. I can't wait till I'm old enough to start buying Pepperidge Farm cookies. From Monsanto to Mulattoes, it's time to end this episode so I can work on some of my product placement. The whole episode today has been recorded in my Honda Odyssey minivan. I've done it with the ignition off and no air conditioning so it sounds better. Would have been back in the studio, but it's a sick day at home and there are so many people coughing everywhere. I'm doing what I can to stay hydrated and well, you do the same and well, I'll see you as we get closer to one of the biggest drinking Saturdays in North America. Let's get to it soon, I hope, because I'm dying of thirst until the next time we gurgle down another episode of Joshin' Around.